Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of your D1TN5 for Tuesday, November 2nd. I'm Anthony Grossi, and let's jump right in. Multiple outlets were on the McNeese State and Incarnate Word heading to the MAC report. The Athletics' Chris Fanini notes, A larger story in all this is Division I keeps increasing in size, which dilutes NCAA payouts, which has an impact on the Group of Five. And college football playoff expansion is no guarantee all ahead of a transformational committee that could reshape the power in Division I. North Texas Athletic Director Ren Baker agrees to a contract extension through the end of February 2029. Under the terms of the deal, Baker will earn a base salary of $625,000. The base salary increases by $25,000 each year and reaches $800,000 on March 1st of 2028. If Baker decides to leave UNT before February 28th of 2022, he would be required to pay the school $300,000. That figure declines by $50,000 in each of the following four years before dropping to zero after February 28th of 2026. Furthermore, that fee would be cut in half if President Neil Smatrisk leaves during his tenure. UNT would be required to pay Baker's base salary through the end of the contract if it lets him go without cause. Names are starting to trickle out for the WAC commissioner search with Big Ten VP for men's basketball, Rick Boyages, Big 12 Executive Associate Commissioner for Football, Ed Stewart, and AAC Associate Commissioner for Basketball, Brian Thornton, all reportedly involved. College AD cites there being four finalists with a decision timeline of no later than next week. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey talked to Sports Travel during its recent Sports ETA Symposium in Birmingham. Of particular note from Sankey on the NCAA's Gender Equity Review, quote, We the SEC have been very intentional about how we support our championships, well in advance of some of the challenges the NCAA has faced. But we've even undertaken a review looking at the equity between and among our sports, making sure our commitment is consistent with our aspirations to support national championship caliber competitions for men and women. We were all embarrassed by what was identified in San Antonio. I think in many ways it's inexcusable and it's a failure from an operational standpoint and a management standpoint. I don't think we need a law firm to tell us what was wrong but the NCAA leadership and its Board of Governors chose that route. I read with interest the first phase. There was a media consultant. I'm concerned that we have to validate those opinions. Those are opinions from an outside firm. That doesn't negate the importance of the observations, but it also doesn't mean they are automatically correct. On the head coaching front, Georgia Southern has named former USC head football coach Clay Helton to the same position. Yahoo's Pete Thamel reports Helton's five-year deal is worth an average of $800,000 per year. Additionally, Helton will start immediately and observe practice, recruit, and begin assembling a staff. TCU has retained turnkey ZRG to assist with finding Gary Patterson's replacement, according to Horned Frogs athletic director Jeremiah Donati. Ole Miss and head men's basketball coach Kermit Davis agree to a contract extension through 2025. The Athletics' Manny Navarro reports that Miami head football coach Manny Diaz will likely remain in his position through the end of the season and adds that consecutive victories over ranked opponents have put him in a position to be kept after the season. One source telling Navarro that in the end, we want him to succeed, not fail. Navarro adds, One thing is certain, Athletic Director Blake James cannot terminate Diaz without the approval of Miami's new inner circle of athletic leaders, a group made up of select trustees, President Julio Frank's top advisors, Frank and James. The U is also ready to redouble its efforts in supporting the program, Navarro continues. Frank and Miami's board of trustees, having seen the athletic program struggle, are fully invested in getting things right and are willing to spend more than Miami has in the past to do it. 
That means coaching, facility upgrades, and whatever else is needed to help the program win championships. Money, according to a source, will not be an issue. And Navarro notes that it is in part because Miami's U Health program has made enough profit to help cover some of the bills. The situation regarding former Memphis men's basketball student-athlete James Wiseman's eligibility two seasons ago has spurred federal legislation in the form of the Bipartisan NCAA Accountability Act of 2021, sponsored by Tennessee Congressman David Kustoff. The legislation is designed to establish and administer due process protections for NCAA member institutions, student-athletes, coaches, or administrators who are involved in investigation related to alleged NCAA bylaw infractions, according to the commercial appeals Mark Giannato. Kustoff stating, when you consider that the NCAA, when it starts an investigation and goes through an investigation, it's the prosecutor, the judge, the jury, and the executioner that seems to be a violation of due process. I almost find a universal dislike of how the NCAA conducts business among Democrats and Republicans. The bill includes a requirement whereby the NCAA must complete any investigation one year after it begins. It also features a statute of limitations that would prohibit the NCAA from penalizing a violation for more than two years prior. Should the NCAA not follow the regulations set forth in the bill, the Department of Justice would have the authority to remove any member of the NCAA Board of Governors and fine the association up to $15 million. This and more in your D1 ticker email. And that is all for your D1TN5 for Tuesday, November 2nd. My name is Anthony Grassi, and we'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.